0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Retro Handheld's BRB Gaming Podcast. It is another live edition today, and we have a special Ask Me Anything with our friend Russ from Retro Game Corps. Uh, Hi, Russ. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I'm your host, Stubborn Pixel, and I'm joined, as always, by my feisty co-host, Thor. Hello, sir. Hey, you. How's everybody doing tonight? What do you have for us
1: well tonight is we've got a real treat all right we've got russ here from retro game core uh and for those of you who don't know russ is a super fun and cool guy he's also best-selling uh a new york times best-selling author as well uh and his latest passion for the past year or so right has been uh his youtube channel retro game core and so tonight we've got the ama going on and uh, i'm really excited to be here what you been up to russ how you been doing
2: I'm good man. So I just uh honestly I've been super busy with work for the past uh, few weeks, but I'm still been knocking out like one or two videos a week, so hopefully people haven't noticed how much has dropped off, but luckily that new like job that I've been working ends in like a week, so I will get back to it. I'm actually going to take 10 days off immediately after and just make a ton of game or ton ton of videos. So looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I definitely have your uh like like we were talking about your RGB 10 Max button swap video on my my list to watch. Here coming up so that was that was was one of those things where i saw that uh they started so uh let's get our ama kicked off we've got a few questions from reddit and we've got a few questions as well from our podcast chat here Stubbs, you want to take that away
0: yeah let's get started here um all right so moving right to the start we have a question from eames and he'd like to know russ if you have 15 minutes to pack for a 12-hour flight what one console are you bringing Now, all previous SD cards you have have suddenly vanished and all previous setup of ROMs and extra operating systems are not set up yet. So I got 15 minutes to actually get it working? (laughs) Yep, just
2: 15 minutes. (laughs) My videos are like 25 minutes long, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, um, I probably would do the RG351P just because, man, I really know that system. You know what I mean? Like, I could actually be blindfolded and set that thing up you know what i mean (laughs) and so that's probably what i would pick just you know and it's got a good six hour battery life so um that'll be good too you know but yeah i think i'm gonna have to go with that i partially want to say ps vita too but you know setting that up and getting everything installed onto it takes a lot longer than 15 minutes so that's not happening
1: yeah yeah those those game install sizes are a little big too for 15 minutes so
2: you're gonna get maybe one game right right and then it's I'm going to put one game on it, and then all I can think about is the other game I wish I had put on it. You know, that's how I work.
1: That's a really good call, though, that uh, flashing the operating system on the SD cards real quick, especially if you're using Etcher and stuff and know exactly yep. what you're doing, like you were saying.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'd just flash it, plug it right back into the computer after I've, like, gone through the process, and then I'm just going to throw on a bunch of Super Nintendo games and finally, like, maybe beat <laughs> Mario World for the first time, which I still have never done. But what? what knows? <laughs> yeah i never had a super nintendo so i never got to play any of those games
1: oh, oh man yeah. we all have those blind spots though
0: it's yeah, yeah i i forgive you personally i don't know if Eames does <laughs> but we'll have to we'll i know he's a harder sell yeah that's why,
2: I, yeah, that's why I, I always show that one single uh like level on mario world when i show super nintendo because i know that one like i have it memorized so well it's the one you go to the left when you start the game but that's the only level i know in the whole game isn't that amazing
0: i mean it's a good level <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love that. This is a good this is a good story. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving along, it. uh so one from Super Jimmy Russell's. Russ, what's your recommendation at around the $100 price point and also one around the $50 price point?
2: Let's do $50 first. So okay. it's going to be the V90, like no questions asked you know i think that pal kitty little yeah easy like that's just easily it i i i would almost say the rg300 but man that v90 is just so nice like i love it and i i actually am planning on doing a new video on it because i did like a review and i was like hey everybody you should really pay attention to this thing but i want to do an actual like full-on setup video and um yeah i love that little thing man it's definitely worth 50 bucks
1: did that did that actually have dual front facing speakers
2: yeah, so it has dual stereo speakers in the front. You know, I love the clamshell design of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have an analog stick, but I can live without that. And PS1 is is a bit of a pain to actually get set up, but everything else runs fairly well. Like, it's pretty impressive. And on top of that, the operating system itself is fairly intuitive. It reminds me a lot of Emulation Station. And so, in that sense, yeah, it's it's a winner. I love it. Well, how did you feel
1: about it with that compared to the BitBoy Pocket Go?
2: Uh, so the Pocket Go was the first device I ever had. I got it like a year and a half ago. I don't even count it as part of like my devices because I shipped it <laughs> to my brother because I hated it. But, <laughs> oh, that's fair. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just hated. Like there was a lot. Of, I didn't update the firmware initially because I didn't know anything about this stuff, and so there was a ton of screen tearing, and I was like, this is not good. You know, mm-hmm. uh, ninety just it's a lot better in terms of just the screen quality and things like that. I like it a lot better.
1: Well, cool. And the uh, so, what do you feel about the hundred dollar mark? How about that,
2: man? I know I was thinking about that as I was talking. So, <laughs> I I used to say the three fifty one P all the time, you know. But I got to be honest, I think that if you can get the RGB ten Pro, that's the one with the OCA laminated display. I would get that one instead because it's it's relatively smaller than the uh, RG three fifty one P. And I've just found over the past like six months or eight months that I've had the RG three fifty one P. I never use that second analog stick, you know, I just don't use it. And so (laughs) the biggest like selling point against the RGB 10 is the, the fact that it doesn't have a second analog stick, but man, over time, I've just realized I don't, I don't really need it. And so I think that price point at around it's, it's about $75 for the yellow one and then the pro version with the OCA laminated display, you can get that for around 90 bucks or so. I think that's the winner there. That gives you a little bit extra money to go and buy a new SD card.
1: Stubbs and I had a little bit of a similar experience where we were talking in DMs about uh, the 351P versus the 351V and mm-hmm. yeah that was my major complaint was there's no second analog stick right. I never use the second analog stick
0: me either you're, you're
1: 100% right on that it, unless sure. you're playing
0: Ape Escape but like <laughs> right, I, right. I, I just want it there for some reason I don't yeah. know why man I don't like that game
2: <laughs> that's not my game <laughs> just calling shots just
0: yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah it's not a great game But people always bring it up like, but what if I want to play Ape Escape one day?
2: (laughs) Right, right, okay, sure. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't know, I think for me, it's like the Quake port is probably, Quake 3 port is probably the one where I'm like, okay, this is really good. You know, that's about it.
0: Well, the next question we have is from Lonk. Uh, Russ, have you messed around with emulation and system modding on any non handheld devices? If so, which ones and what were your experiences? And if not, what is it about handhelds specifically that you find compelling? Yeah,
2: so uh, I don't have some sort of like flowery thing for this one. And I should mention, too, I have not read any of these questions ahead of time. So I'm getting them all fresh, and I I purposely didn't look at them. So great question. Uh, I have dived into... other like tv plug-in like android tv set boxes things like that things that you can load emulec on you know the super console x is a good example and then there's one called the mub which is, stands for makeup box which is like the hk1 um and so all these are relatively very similar to these handheld devices they just plug into the tv uh, i do have an nvidia uh, shield as well and i plan on doing a video on that here in the next month or so i've been testing that for a while To be honest, uh, I just don't get enough time at the TV to to actually do that. My kids are always watching Netflix or Disney Plus Mm. or whatever. Like, we don't Mm. have the TVs for that stuff. And so for me, I can just grab a handheld device and I can jump into the car, you know, like we're going to go and, I don't know, go get shave ice. You know, I live in Hawaii, so we get shave ice all the time. Or whatever You're know, like, I can grab it and put it in the car with me. I can do it in bed. I can jump on the couch while the kids are watching TV and play. And to me, that's way more compelling. And so I think that's why I'm drawn to handheld devices. And the other part of it is that I never owned a Game Boy when I was a
0: kid. So that little, what? like, yeah, so those little, like, butterflies I'm, in the stomach, I'm you know, actually, when you I'm tearing up a little bit right now thinking about that. Okay, sorry.
2: It's like warm, fuzzy yeah. when I have a handheld device. Because my first one was the PSP like 2005 i was 25 years old when i had my oh, day. this is yeah and
0: so, this is a criminal offense this is not okay <laughs> i want to i want to build a time machine so we can go back and give and give little uh, us a game boy that's
2: right you know no honestly that's like a big motivating factor to me it's like i love capturing that childhood like just joy of playing yeah. these handheld devices yeah now you're making me tear up
0: I know. I'm, I'm like i'm like dude you should have you should have had a game boy <laughs> Everybody had a Game Boy. Metroid: Return to Samus. Come on! All right.
1: Um, <laughs> and there's something else. There's something about having a dedicated handheld device too. A lot of people are like, "Oh, why don't you just play on your phone?" I, I like personally having the handheld. I like having something separate.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Dedicated. And it's it's such a big deal. And um, you know, the I got a video about iPhone gaming actually coming out tomorrow. Cool. Uh And it's close. You know, that like if you do all the right things, you can get it pretty close. But it's not there, you know, like the handheld device, a dedicated device like that. It's just something special about it. I love it. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Uh, next question we have is from Chris 51332. Uh, Chris asks, what do you think about the RG552, the KTR1, and the Retroid Pocket 2? Uh, which is your favorite think, of those?
1: I think that they're, um, they're referencing the RP3, not the RP2.
0: Yeah, because oh, okay. they're all they're like, asking, upcoming, yeah. Yeah, they're asking hype.
1: Which one, um, yeah, which is your favorite by the rumors? By
0: the rumors.
2: <laughs> well, the D-pad on that KTR, whatever that thing is, is just atrocious. So hopefully that's <laughs> not. Um, but that one looks good. Like, it's like, on paper, you know, uh, I, I talked about this with the Supor Q400, and I called it a paper tiger. You know, like, on paper, <laughs> it looks like it hits all the wickets, right? But in real life, it just kind of floats away in the wind. Mm -hmm. And so I'm worried about that KT-1, that it does look good, but those are all mock-ups, you know, let's see it in the hand, let's see how that goes. Yeah. When it comes to the RG device, the 552 or whatever, uh, you know, Ambernick obviously has a pretty good track record at this point, but man, they have a really good propensity to uh, also... Just keep it from being the best device possible, you know, whatever it happens to be, right? The wrong aspect ratio on the screen or leaving out Wi-Fi or whatever it happens to be. They always just seem to step over their own feet, you know, and so something's going to happen with this 5.5.2. They're going to they're going to screw it up somehow. And
1: then still, I'm still confused over them pulling back on the resolution for the three-five-one devices.
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly well, I think that more. that was just uh, a, a, an easy sell because the Odroigo Super already had that and so they were able to access those displays that's the only yeah. way I can figure it out but yeah and then so the Retroid Pocket 3 so I've seen those mockups as well um, man I love those shoulder buttons and the triggers yeah. right? I love how they're stacked like that Yeah. and just it looks like it, when I see the front of it it's a lot like that uh, Valhalla one as well right I, I see the front of it and I'm like that's it like, it's got everything I like. Mm. I like, you know, offset analog sticks. I, I like the look of the D-pad and the face buttons. It looks good, but I, I just want to get my hands on it because I know All there's right. going to be something to it, you know, after I get it in my hands.
1: I, I personally am looking forward to the RP3 because I like the, the size and that, that form factor. Uh, and yeah. because I, I do have a relationship with Retroid, uh, and the RP2 was a pretty solid product. There, was, there were definitely some bugs, but... Uh, I yeah. think that they, as far as tangibility is concerned, that the RP3 is the highest on that list.
2: And they, they've confirmed touchscreen with that, right?
1: Uh, no, they haven't really confirmed anything yet. Oh, okay. it's, well, I think it's the, user user Norbright found uh-huh. he dug around and found those uh, blueprints
0: somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the patents, right? That, yeah. I think I had seen something that it was,
0: that at least on those I, documents, it said touchscreen, and so that gives me some hope. But Here's hoping. Um, next, same question... Or rather, same person, Chris51332, a second question from him. Uh, Will you do a video about 3DS homebrew uh, and emulation, just like you did with the PlayStation Vita? Yeah, man.
2: So I I have a 3DS. Well, it's not 3DS. It's like the 2DS XL or whatever. It looks like a 3DS, but doesn't have 3D. I don't know my my Nintendo naming conventions very well. But anyway... (laughs) um, I've had that for years. Like I actually, um, I got that way before the retro handheld stuff. Like it was mostly for my oldest son. He didn't like it, and I was like, "Well, screw it, it's mine." And so I put an R4 <laughs> card in it, you know. And uh, but I haven't actually yeah. like jail jailbroken it or done that stuff yet. I want to do it, uh, but to be honest, I'm also I've watched videos of uh, or I've watched channels, I should say, where people are getting like knocked down by nintendo and i don't want that to happen you know i don't want to be taken offline for showing how to hack one of their devices i don't mind doing it like when it's something that is no longer in production uh and i guess the 2ds is no longer in production but still it's just it makes me a little nervous that's why i don't do any switch videos but uh i do at some point i'll probably do a 3ds video i got a couple
1: is extremely litigious oh my gosh
2: so I have like a PlayStation Classic that I've always wanted to hack. Uh, it's still in the box, right? And so I'll probably do that <laughs> at this point as well. I think that's probably the best place for it is in the box at this point. But I do want to see what I can get out of it as well. So I do have a couple things lined up that it's just kind of when the time's right, I'll do it. Mm-hmm.
1: I will say something about soft modding a 3DS or 2DS XL. And that is uh, the, the file type, CIA, the insul- installation time on the 3DS is excruciating. Mm. you get like a three gigabyte file and it takes you 40 or 50 minutes to install it.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Like a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's not (laughs) at all.
2: Yeah, you know, that's one thing that I you never really see in my videos, right? I pop in like a 25-minute video, but what you don't see is the eight hours of footage that I recorded to make those 25 minutes. All right. the loading screens, like me hitting start like 500 times to get as fast as I can through whatever. And so the idea of having to install something for 45 minutes for one game, no thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You, you could have like sat in the drive through line of Burger King like 20 times over by then. Right. Um, <laughs> yep next question sandusky uh this is a little longer one as manufacturers continue to improve the hardware on new handhelds relative to the prices we pay now uh, russ what do you think will be the selling point for new devices once we reach a point where we can comfortably play up to sixth and seventh gen consoles for a cheap price Uh, and will there be any incentive for these companies to keep making handhelds at that point if they do how will they be able to market them once power and speed aren't a factor well
2: uh sandusky i think you were a very optimistic person so (laughs) i think they are they are going to trickle the features out over the next like five six years i think that 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 question essentially is kind of moot because i think they're just going to keep rolling out the cheap stuff as much as they can because that's the extra parts they have over there in shenzhen and so my expectation is we will it'll be a long time before we get to generation six um Comfortably yeah. with a lot, like as a standard norm, right? I mean, yeah. here we are still getting excited about a PS1 game like Bloody Roar Two that plays without lag, you know? Right. So uh, I think we're a ways off from that. You know, there's always going to be the premium ones you can pay 600 bucks or whatever it happens to be uh, for the Aya Neo or, or that kind of stuff. Um, but when it comes to the 200 dollar and less space, uh, it's going to be a while, I think, before we can comfortably play these games. I think everyone's excited about the Valhalla, the 199 and all that. Um, but it's, we'll see. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's going right. to be able to play as many GameCube games and PS2 games as we're hoping it will. You know, I think what what'll come is the conversation will change, and all of a sudden people will be talking about what it can't play instead right. of what it can play. Right? Which is exactly what happened with all the other devices. And so, yeah, I think we're a ways off, honestly.
1: I've seen as, as sort of like a something sort of perpendicular to this. Uh, I've seen a lot of pushback from a lot of manufacturers still to put a 5 gigahertz chip in their device. Right. Which would be for streaming, right, is what I'm referencing. Yeah, exactly. And they just, man, they just really don't want to do it, do they?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. We have one from Jurassic Pixels, and they want to know, so will the GKD Mini be reviewed ever? Uh, and is there any custom firmware available for it? Uh, what would be the best handheld for fighting games currently they <laughs> love the feel of the 8-bit do sn30 with android phone for fighters and they're wondering mm. if something like the pocket go s30 would be similar to that feel man cheers it's a, it's it's a, a multi-parter, serious, multi-parter. Serious
2: questions yeah okay let's start with gkd mini so i did get mine about three days ago in the mail it took forever but i finally Ooh. got it and it's like a light green color it looks like toothpaste basically uh <laughs> But I like it. Uh, I'll give you a spoiler. Like just in holding it, uh, it rattles a lot, and I don't like it when devices rattle. That's like my number one complaint mm. about the RGB Twenty. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Uh, to be honest, I haven't played anything on it because the whole dang thing is in Chinese. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I actually like the whole entire firmware is in Chinese, and that and honestly. Um, one of my suppliers who gives me review handhelds, he was like, I'm going to hold off until we have an English version. And finally, I just couldn't wait anymore. I just bought it myself, and I knew I was going to get the Chinese version. So there is a custom firmware for it. I think it's called IUX. Uh, so I will be doing an installation of that, putting that on the video, because I do think there's an English translation of that one already. Um, it seems pretty good. It's more comfortable to me than the um, 280V, uh, the, the Ambernick RG-280V. So it's just a little bit uh bigger and I like that. Um yeah. So that was the first question. Second question was can you remind me? Sorry. Uh the
0: second part of that was gonna be uh they're wondering if something like the Pocket S thirty would have a similar feel to 8 bit do's S N thirty uh, oh, that's uh right, controller for fighting, games. for fighting games. Yeah. Okay, so
2: um the s30 is not like that so if you watch my video you'll see that i see that i say that the d-pad is just it's hard and kind of abrasive it's not a good feeling for fighting games in particular i remember specifically noting that in my review is that it's not good for fighting games when it comes to actual fighting games um to be honest i like a very mushy d-pad i like that kind of ability to just really hammer down on it while I'm playing. So for me, I like the Kitty devices when it comes to that D-pad. So the RGB-10 or the RGB-10 Max uh, would probably be my choice if I was going to play a fighting game. Um, yeah, I think that's probably what I would go with when it comes to that. I know a lot of people have their own opinions about that stuff. You know, some yeah. people would, you know, like the PiBoy DMG would be great because it has all six buttons there on the front. Yeah. Um, not bad. But again, I'm not a fan of that D-pad for fighting mm-hmm. games either. Uh, but i didn't give it a chance to break in honestly I, I i used it for about a month and then i ended up selling it because uh i just didn't think it was going to have a good it just wasn't going to do anything other than sit on my shelf and so i thought it'd be better to let someone else enjoy it how do you yeah. feel
1: about the 351 series d-pads because i'm pretty happy with them personally
2: yeah i like them i don't ever think about them in terms of fighting i think about them in terms of platforming and stuff uh mm-hmm. because they're precise you know i like that they're so precise and um for me, I maybe it's the way I play fighting games. But man, I just hammer on the D pad, so just <laughs> hoping I can get either a fireball or a dragon punch out of it. Like yeah. I don't really care, you know. Like I'm not good at that shit. So, uh, yeah, I don't think of the RG three fifty one devices or any of the Ambronic devices as being fighting game machines. Yeah. Uh, to me, I like to use the Pau Kitty, but that might be my style.
1: Well, here's here's the other question: Do you use the tip of your thumb or like the ball of that that first knuckle with the D pad?
2: Hold on, I'm gonna grab one. I use the tip. I use the tip. Yeah. Use the tip. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that might be part of it.
0: Well, now we have a question from our very own uh, Flatfoot Fox. Question: When testing a new device, do you have any go-to games that you find yourself constantly returning to, or are you generally just working through a backlog of new titles with each handheld?
2: working through a backlog of new titles. Come on, I don't ever play any video games. <laughs> I just work on guides and stuff, man. I, I, I play Phoenix Wright. Like, I play that every night, you know, yeah, you and I'm, I'm just, yeah, I finished like the third or the fourth case the other night, the Samurai case, and so I'm moving on now. But yeah, I don't get to really play any games. I play a few levels and stuff as I'm testing. So when it comes to my testing, I actually have like my own, like on my hard drive, I have a duplicate folder, like hierarchy of like my retro, I call it retro highlights. And you'll see that in some of my videos when I do screen captures. And I've basically thrown in like 20 to 30 of my favorite games on each of those systems. And then I just drag it all over to a new SD card. And so... Those are my go-to titles, you know, they're the ones you're going to see on the videos and stuff. I'm always going to test Mario 3 when I do NES, because I do what I call the tail test, which is basically, like, to determine lag, I I get my raccoon tail, you know, and then I kill the first three Goombas in the level of level (laughs) one. That's, like, my test of how quickly and how accurately I can kill those Goombas, is how good the input lag is. You know, things like that. And so i know it's probably as a viewer a little bit boring to see me play sonic adventure 2 all the time i'm not a fan of that game you know but i do it all the time but that's because i know how it's supposed to feel i know how the music's supposed to sound and those yeah. things are really important so that i can give you a good idea of yeah. how the experience is going to be and so right. i'm just yeah i'm falling on my own sword when i play those games because i don't enjoy it myself but i feel like it's the best thing i can do for everyone
1: yeah it's, it's, it's sort of like how with Uh, within 64 every time we're we're loading up custom firmware and stuff like that, things that we're testing I always go straight to Star Fox just because I know it runs well and then I go to Goldeneye because I know it runs like crap on most
2: systems That's funny. See, I don't do either of those games, right? For GoldenEye, it's like, the controls are so off for me. First off, I play with inverted controls on modern FPSs. I'm (laughs) left-handed, and it's just always been the way I've played. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, like, GoldenEye just makes my brain hurt. So I never (laughs) test GoldenEye because I know I'm going to have to spend, you know, 20 minutes getting the configuration figured out or whatever, and I just never get to it. And so instead, I always do F-Zero instead.
0: Well, moving on to some questions from our Reddit friends. Uh, we have you slash Kit Keat, uh, and they want to know, seeing that each of the mainstream handhelds today has some sort of pros and cons for each of them, if you were to, z- to design a retro handheld today, what would be the design choices that you'd put in? The features, the layout, which in your mind defines the perfect handheld while keeping the cost relatively accessible to most buyers? Ha, huh, Good question. So um, let's talk about the feel first.
2: I think that's probably the most important part. Uh, I like a lot of what ambernick does. I mean, I'm obviously a huge fan of what they do. I actually prefer offset D pads or I'm sorry, offset analog sticks. So I mm-hmm. like to have my D pad below my analog stick on the left. That just comes from a long time of playing uh, Xbox, you know, Xbox 360 and stuff. It just feels more comfortable to me. Um, yeah. So I kind of like that perspective. Also, it feels more balanced when I'm playing a twin-stick game on a handheld device. When I have the both analog sticks on the bottom like that, to me, it feels like I'm going to flip the device in my hands. Like, I just don't have the right leverage or something. Yeah. And so I like having that offset. Um, I also think that a lot of these handheld devices kind of went the way of the Vita and the fact that the buttons are just too dang small. I don't know why people make such small face buttons. I wish they were a little bit bigger and chunkier. Um, and some handhelds do a pretty good job of that. You know, I think that... The Amber Nick is almost big enough, you know, but I would like it just to be a tiny bit bigger. Um, something like the Super Nintendo-sized buttons or even the PS1 controller-sized buttons, right. to me, would be just a lot better. And I think it's about 10 millimeters. And a lot of them now are between 6 and 8. So I'd like to have 10 millimeter buttons. Stacked shoulder buttons are, are really important to me. I love that on the Retroid Pocket too. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. Front-facing speakers, like, that's always a big deal to me. Why are you going to have them face away or down? Right. It doesn't make any sense, you know. And uh, you know, five gigahertz Wi-Fi, big deal. And uh, retro achievements, always great too.
0: Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you call it retro achievements. Um, that's so. Here's here's the big one:
1: Android or Linux
0: <sighs>
1: on your perfect handout.
0: Man, you're gonna make
2: half of this audience mad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, man, I don't know. Like, I I'm I'm back and forth all the time. I. If there's touchscreen, I don't mind Android, you know, and I and you'll see in a lot of my Android videos, I don't go into the whole dig thing and, and like really make a front end and stuff. Because yeah. to me, it's neither here nor there if I tap something with my finger and move on, right? Um, if you don't have touchscreen, then I can totally understand why you need a good front end. And that's where Linux really kind of does really well. Like I love emulation station, you know, I love that yeah. feel. Um But at the same time, uh, there's a lot of work involved in that Linux side. And I love the optimizations that are there in Android, you know, just Mm. Nintendo 64, you know, on Android, just it just works, you know, and I love that. And so um, I hate having six or seven different emulator options in ArcOS. Like, it's just a pain in the butt to tell people, oh, just find the best emulator. Just figure it out. And it's like, man, I, I have never done a Nintendo 64 dedicated video because it's just too complicated when it comes to a Linux operating system. And so um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Android. <laughs> I, I won't argue with that. Uh, I know. And not. while you're at it, maybe maybe
0: Thor's oh, integration man. of lineage. Uh, maybe uh, you know. So our next yeah. question is yeah, from. We, we can maybe get something going there. uh yeah. <laughs> So our next question is from you forward slash French Cookie. They want to know what's your fondest memory related to retro gaming and gaming in general.
2: Wow. Um this is one of those times where I wish I had read ahead. <laughs> it's a so, heavy hitting like AMA sir. It's like a job interview. Yeah. So I'll get, I'll get a little personal here for a second. So weird fact about me is that I actually had a stroke when I was 25 years old. Like I lost all function on my left side. Like it was out of nowhere, just a freak thing that happened to me. And so I had to learn how to walk and like even talk again and how to write like I'm left-handed. And so, uh, I had about a month or two months off from work to kind of recover from that. And the coolest thing about having, if there's any cool thing about having a stroke, the coolest thing about having a stroke when you're 25 is that your brain actually bounces back very quickly. Uh, But this was around 2005, so I had first got my GameCube around then as well. And I got uh, Paper Mario, the one with the treasure chest. I forgot what it's called. The one on the GameCube, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of people say that's the best Paper Mario game. And I sat down and I played that game uh, during that month, and it was awesome. Like I, I was doing other things. You know, I was like learning. I had to like write my name a hundred times a day to like relearn how to write and stuff. Yeah. So there's all these other things going on, but man, I could just lay back. I, we had like this recliner, and I had this crappy 20 inch CRT TV. You know, and I loved it, man. I got so immersed in that stuff, and it was just like this great break to just kind of get away from everything. And so. When it comes to gaming, that still like has a special place in my heart. Oh. I've never gone back and played that game again. Thousand Year Door—that's the one it's called—and um, yeah, I've never gone back and played it again. But I—I'm just waiting for a retro handheld that I can play that game again because oh. I'm going to do it and I'm going to love it.
0: Yeah. Well, if the Valhalla ever uh, comes to fruition, that might be the one.
2: Yeah, I—I I heard the Indiegogo page is coming out today.
0: Kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was about to be like, I need to shut down the game, I have things to do what? now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know I don't? <laughs> so that's good times. Um also really sorry that you had that had that experience, man. Um Uh it's all, good. It's all good. It makes us better people in the end, so. Yeah, better, stronger people. Yeah. Uh next question actually is from anonymous. Uh they want to know, what do you think is your favorite port? What is your favorite port to handheld devices? Uh for example, Free Heroes, Quake 3, devolution X. Good question. I would say I'm
2: torn, you know, I, I initially used to say the Mario 64 port, I mean, I've done like three videos on that thing at this <laughs> <time>. <laughs> um, and then Shovel Knight you know, I, I never played that game before and I put that on the RG series and all the uh, rk 3326 devices, that was a lot of fun too, you know, I love the precise controls on that, but to be honest it's the Sonic ports, like those yeah, like phone really? yeah, ports that have been put over onto like the emulation station, emulate stuff They're so good because they're widescreen and so you can see more of the level as you're playing. And so you just get like this little bit more of an advantage while you're playing. And so you can just run faster without having to worry too much about running into some spikes, you know. And so uh, every time I boot that up, I boot up level one on Sonic 2, which is like one of my favorite games of all time. And it's just pure joy when I'm playing through that. It's so fun.
0: Did you
2: see that
1: Super Mario World got a, a legit widescreen hack?
2: Oh yeah. I've got I've gotten a lot of tweets and questions about that and stuff. Oh have you? It's just not you know, it's it, they have to use the B S N E S like um beta core and retroarch. Mm-hmm. There's no handheld within this space that can handle that core. You know, it's not even yeah. loaded on a lot of these retroarcs. And so uh, unfortunately, you know we, we're not going to be able to play that on a, on a handheld device anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I might I might do a video about how to stream that from your computer over to your device. But that's a lot of work, you know. Um, it is. It does look, look really cool, but Ain't nobody uh, got time for that. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> then you got to hack the ROM too. Like, there's a lot involved in that. So,
0: yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, question from Anigo Mars on Reddit. Uh, they've gone through a number of retro handhelds and now they're considering getting a Retroid Pocket 2. With the RP3 over the horizon, should they hold off on the RP3? Uh, you, do you think they should purchase the RP2?
2: <laughs> You're asking the wrong dude. I know, <laughs> so. I know, I know, but
0: I'm just reading the questions, man.
2: <laughs> uh, I, like You know, I have like my layout of retro handhelds in front of me like i i keep like these like file folders that are like these document holders and i put and i think i have 10 out here right and these are like my top 10 yeah and my retro pocket 2 is not in this mix like i i just saw <laughs> it and i was like holy <laughs> crap i don't even know where it is the game force actually replaced it. i'm looking at it right now it's
0: in the garden anyway, disposal in the, in the kitchen but i don't know
2: <laughs> it's it's literally in a shoebox right now so um yeah oh, no. the retro pocket 2 is cool you know it, it is really neat But, you know, I I harped on the touchscreen thing with the Retroid Pocket 3 because that is a really important factor for me, Uh, navigating through it, even with the amazing work that the teams have done between putting Android 8.1 on there and then getting Lineage on there. You know, it is really compelling and very cool. But that touchscreen thing, like... I don't. I can't explain how many times I'm playing the Retroid Pocket Two, and I have to reach over and grab my OTG adapter and my wireless like adapter for my keyboard, because I need a mouse and a keyboard to get to the next spot. You know. Yeah. And to yeah. me, that just breaks that whole cycle of having a retro handheld device. At that point, I'm like, shit. I should just be doing this on my computer at this point. You know.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I feel you there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna side tangent real quick uh, because. The handheld I've been playing the most in the last week, this is going to be weird, but it's the Game & Watch, the re-released Game & Watch, <laughs> because it turns on and it does three functions. It does Mario 1, Mario the oh. Lost Levels, and uh, Ball Game, where Mario yeah. balances a ball between his hands. And like for some reason to me in work meetings, uh, it's just like the easiest thing just to pick up and play, and it saves your spot when you put it to sleep. So And it's a clock uh when you're not using it so i'm just like enthralled right now with the simplicity of this thing okay yeah that's kind of
2: amazing yeah no (laughs) you're right though i mean it's uh i love the clock function like when i see that i'm like man i should get that i'm not gonna pay 60 dollars for a clock but it is compelling (laughs) which leads Uh, me into
0: my question my question for you have you seen the play date have you seen this handheld do you have any thoughts on that no i have not seen that
1: we've got to indoctrinate him
0: we got to it's a memory lcd screen which is really low power uh handheld that has a hand crank on it that oh yeah yeah. you've seen that it's yellow or whatever yeah yeah. it's yellow is that coming out finally? it's coming out yeah pre-orders are up in july i think yep pre-orders come up in a couple of days here july 1st um delivery i'm not sure yet but the company's here in portland oregon and uh all the titles for it are built only for this device, so they have some indie oh, companies building custom games from some big names even for this device only. So you have to, but you have to spend the hundred eighty dollars to have this little thing right. with the hand crank to play these unique twee indie games. Uh, so I'm like totally sold on it. The simplicity and like the stress yeah. relief thought of that, and they for the hundred eighty bucks they give you a season of games and content. Uh, that they release to you I think like one a week or something and it just magically two a shows week up now, actually two a week shows up on the device and then uh, I don't know what happens when the next season comes out uh, not to shill or anything but I'm totally in love with the idea <laughs> of this of this thing as a separate entity of the from old this. games yeah it's yeah. <laughs> a different idea it's refreshing to me
2: you're selling me on it. I'll definitely be checking that out. So, uh, we'll Real
1: quick, before we move on to the next question, I, I did want to just throw in my opinion on something real quick and see, it, R- Russ, how you feel about it uh, yeah. regarding the, um, should, I, should I wait on a handheld? Should I wait to buy a handheld? Uh, this market is actually, in my opinion, pretty unstable, right? And mm-hmm. so... What I, I get a lot of DMs about that question in particular. And what I usually tell people is buy what's currently available. Buy what you can get your hands on right now if you're that interested and right. learn something and then and then get something when it comes out. Don't don't wait. Don't, you know, hope something comes out.
2: Right. Yeah. So I, I kind of have two schools of thought when it comes to that. The first is that, yeah, the same kind of thing, right? Look at what's currently available, look at what it can do. And then make the determination if that's worth the price. And if that's worth the price, then grab it, right? Because, yes, there will always be another console coming out soon, you know. But you could be playing games while you're waiting for the next one, right? Yeah. So get the one that you think's worth your money now. And then, you know, see what happens later. There's always people who are going to want to buy that off you. You know, there's marketplaces and mm-hmm. all the Discord servers. You can pop it up on Reddit sometimes. They'll let you sell it, you know. There's easy ways to get rid of these devices. For a pretty good penny... And then put that towards your next one once you've played through it. So right. there's and there's a lot of options. Yeah,
1: they do hold their their value pretty dang well. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, something that yeah, came I out have. six or eight months ago. You know, you only lose maybe ten dollars on it.
2: So I have the Trim UI, which is now called the Pau Kitty something or other or whatever. The really small credit card size one, mm-hmm. and I di- I didn't like that. If anyone watched my video, I, that was my like my first negative video. where I'm like, this thing's junk. And <laughs> at the time, you know, with the firmware and stuff. And I didn't give it a full like. I didn't give it a call to try. You know, I knew there was an update to the firmware available on the website that was going to fix screen tearing, but at the same time, I was just so turned off by the experience that I was like, this thing isn't even worth that. And so, but now that they've rebranded it, no one likes to have the words POW Kitty" on any of their devices. Yeah, and, and so I'm seeing people now saying, "Man, I wish I got the trim UI." And I got one still, you know. And so what I plan on doing is doing an update video and actually giving it the college try this time around. But man, I keep thinking to myself, what if I sell this and I
0: actually make money off it? That'd be really weird. Uh, Next question is going to be from Anonymous again. So what handhelds have later gone on to surpass or fall beneath your initial expectations, Russ? Okay, well,
2: uh, let's start with RGB 10. So I bought that is basically a counterpoint to the rg351p like my plan was i was going to buy this thing it's like a cheaper version of the rgb or the rg351p and i was like here's here's what you'll get if you buy one of these crappier handhelds right this is why you should buy the 351p that was going to be my argument yeah and i got and i freaking loved it and i was like (laughs) what am i gonna do now like and so i ended up making a video that was like a love letter to the the rgb10 and like hey you know, I thought this was going to be an argument against the 351P, and it turned out to be an argument for the RGB-10. So that one totally exceeded my expectations. Um, when it comes to something that kind of let me down...
1: I you mean, can say rp 2 That's okay.
2: Yeah, you can we're, say we're okay. I was it. about to say that, yeah. So <laughs> the exactly. Retroid Pocket 2... There was a lot of hype on the internet, you know, around this time last year, right? And so uh, I bought my fir- my first device arrived on the July 4th weekend. And so we're looking at just about a year when I first got my RG350, my first device. Mm-hmm. And pre-orders for the RP2 were out at that point. And I, I passed on it because uh, at the time I was like, I, I can't afford to buy more than one of these things, you know. And so I ended up only buying the one. But, man, that hype train kept going, yeah. right? And a lot of yeah. YouTube videos and stuff like that, people talking about it. And it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And so I ended up buying it. It was actually it, it was a two-part thing. Basically, I got the 350, and then uh, I told my wife, I really like this thing. I'm thinking about making a website where I have guides for it because it was really hard to set up. <laughs> And I was like, but if I make a website, I should probably have other devices. Is that cool. You know. So I was like kind of fishing, right? And I'm like, "Hey, is it okay if I buy this one?" And oh. so I bought into the hype and I said, "Okay, my second device is the Retroid Pocket 2." And so I was in the yep. second wave of pre-orders. And um a lot of work to set up, but it was a completely different setup than the RG350. And again, brand new coming into this whole sphere, and so I didn't realize, like, even that it was Android-based, I didn't know any of that stuff. And so, um, I had a lot of disappointment initially with that. Um, I think that the the work, if you put it in there, there's a lot you can get out of it, um, but that was definitely a deflating feeling, and it took me a while to kind of warm up to it.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, I honestly agree with you there. Um, I was on that hype train, I made a subreddit for it just to pre-hype it, and... When I got it, the initial experience without the touchscreen is just mind-shattering. Like, oh, this is not intuitive. This is not fun. Eventually, with through custom firmware, I think we we got there or we're getting there. But I totally yeah. agree with you.
1: Yeah, the uh, the original mouse mode that was on the RP two was uh, it was a little rough, especially because uh, there was a lot of user confusion about how to speed up and slow down the mouse, and it was literally just push left and right on the D pad. But there wasn't really a, a good explanation for that anywhere. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, good point.
0: Agreed. Um, which you just answered the next question, by the way, which from is from Zero. Uh, they asked, what's the most disappoint- disappointing device you've reviewed or are currently reviewing? Do you have any disappointing devices you're currently reviewing? Yeah, so I've
2: got some that are just not going to see the light of day, Ooh. you know, so I have <laughs> <laughs> gossip. There um, we go. Some of them are old. You know, I have one. I don't even know what it's called. It's like a vertical one. It's called like the retro handheld
0: is it the Something retro or other chicken? S- the retro chicken. Retro chicken. No,
2: I kinda wish I had that one, actually. I kinda but, wish um, you too. Yeah. Uh, no, I got one that was I forgot what it's called, but it has literally the Game Boy micro screen inside of it. Like it uses the same screen. And it's it's pretty good for GBA, and everything else is just completely unplayable. You know, screen tearing, everything else. It's just terrible, you know? And so that I I just I don't want to spend my time bashing something you know i try to do positive reviews i'm trying to help the community grow and kind of get new people into it and stuff it doesn't help anybody to bash something other than just to warn them against getting it but again this this device is like 25 bucks and nobody is probably shopping for it at this point so i I just don't think it's worth it yeah other things that i have so i actually have a um i'm gonna get the chipset wrong but i have an android box it is like an RK3560-something or other. It's one of the more modern versions of the RockChip uh, CPUs or chipset. Mm-hmm. And it's an Android box, and you're supposed to be able to load things on it and stuff. But they loaded Android 11 on it, and it's it just cripples your ability to access files. Uh, yeah, just it's got storage. And so uh, I, I cannot actually get it to run like a Redream emulator or, or, or other emulators. You know what I mean? I just can't figure it out. And ETA Prime even did a video on it, and he just kind of blew it off. He was like, yeah, and I, I couldn't get Redream to work, so here it is on RetroArch, right? And I'm like, no, let's, let's actually get this thing to work, right? Yeah. So that one's been really disappointing, and I've had it for almost two months at this point. I'm not sure if I'm going to do a video on it until I can actually get it working, because at the end of the day, I, I don't want to bash something, you know? And right. so... I might do a cautionary video and be like, hey, this is what you can get out of it, but unfortunately, it's not everything you may get out of it. Um, but that's one that's not going to see the light of day, I don't think.
0: Which one is that? Uh, Turtle was wondering, were you talking about the RG99, the RS90, or which... It's which... called... Yeah, I've got it here in my hands. Uh, so it is the
2: RK3566. Okay. It's called the X, X88 Pro 20. I have not it's... heard of that. <laughs> These yeah, yeah, naming conventions.
1: Yeah, oh it's my touted as
2: like an Android-like... 8K Ultra HD box kind of thing what? and it looks really good on paper right okay. um, and I, got, I think I got it for about 100 bucks on Aliexpress and 8K. it's and on paper yeah and on paper it, it looks like it should perform better than like the GT King Pro basically okay. the yeah which I think is a 3326 or whatever that chipset is it looks like it it performs better than that at least on paper but again because I couldn't access all the file structure it just didn't seem worth it and to to make a video uh, about it.
1: In which, I'll take a look into it lo- yeah. a little bit later on after the yeah. AMA and see if maybe we can load up an Android ten ROM on it, in, a yeah. GSI or something like that, and see how that goes. That which would was be awesome. the
0: vertical one you were talking about? Uh, hold on, let me get my let me get my shoebox out. Ooh, <laughs> got my retro pocket too on it. We're getting um. the rust shoebox out. <laughs> which in the Hawaii's humidity, I imagine that it probably isn't the best smell if it's had shoes in it over the years just <laughs> yeah, to make things point. real weird
2: yeah um, I'm good at that you know what? it's it's not even in the shoe box I'm not sure what it's called but don't and worry nobody, about it. it's 20, $25 cares. device
0: yeah. yeah it's it's whatever it, it's $25 uh, moving right along okay we're having fun we still have about 10 minutes left uh, next question's going to come from Gould 2018 they ask what's the best handheld you've reviewed for N64 emulation
2: Good question. Um, Man, so I spent a lot of time with the RK3326 devices, and there are moments where it just feels really great, but in general, they're not great, you know. Uh, I don't want to cheat, because I do have a GPD XD+, and it plays Nintendo 64 just fine, but I haven't done a video on it yet. I'm still kind of working on testing with that device. To be honest, I think the one I'm going to say, and uh, people are probably going to disagree with me, Nintendo 64 on the PS Vita is actually really good now. Like, it's, I I did like an original review of the the Vita where I was like, here is the Vita as a handheld device. And I said, Nintendo 64 isn't even worth it. Right. And then that day when I released the video, an updated version of Nintendo 64 emulator came out and it's great. (laughs) Nice. It's been, you know, I I released that, I think, two days before Christmas. So it's been good six months straight of people leaving comments to let me know that I'm totally wrong about Nintendo 64 on the PS Vita. And I agree with them. I just haven't gotten around to making a video. That's my next video, actually, on the PS Vita is going to be about Nintendo 64. But it plays really well. Yeah, the games that do play, play well, right? And there's some games that just won't boot at all. Like Mario Tennis, you can't even boot it, right? But like Mario 64, F-Zero, some of those play really well, and the screen, is it looks really, really good. Like, it's, um, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite things to play Nintendo 64 on, honestly.
0: Booyah, I like it. Um, Next question comes from Capio13. They want to know, and this is very specific, I don't know if we'll be answering this, but is there a specific reason why modded games such as Pokemon Theta Emerald does not work on the Retroid OS for the Retroid Pocket 2? Is it something to do with an integer limit or a memory overflow? You know what? This sounds more like a question it's for, real technical. Uh, for, for maybe mods or someone in our in our Discord. Uh, we'll go ahead and pass over that. I'll answer that one by saying uh, don't use Retroid OS. That's the reason. Just don't use <laughs> yeah. it. Just don't do it. Just <laughs> yeah. boot into – boot. throw lineage on there. Load lineage on. Uh, and then I don't think you'll have uh, issues. Uh, there's no, no integer yeah, not- limits or –
2: And I can add that the only exposure I have to Pokemon ROM hacks is when people specifically ask me, hey, I can't get this one working, and so then I'll spend 20 minutes getting it working and (laughs) then telling them how it works, (laughs) you know? That's like my only exposure. And I I don't remember any of those games, the names of any of them that I've tried, but I have gotten some working, but it's just not quite my scene. I'm a little too old for that stuff.
0: Yeah, yep. Just don't follow it, really. Uh, okay, let's move on to Black Magician X. They want to know: Do you think that Android de- handheld devices have any potential of becoming great, cost-efficient gaming consoles in the future?
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: So you're
2: talking about. Oh, okay, so you're talking about being able to plug them into a TV, like as a gaming console. Is that what he's saying, or is he saying that, just as a handheld?
0: I think that's what they mean here. Is that yeah, you're plugging it. It's an Android handheld device. Does it have potential of becoming a great cost efficient full gaming console.
2: I mean, yeah, so I think that yeah. the um, the Valhalla is a really good example of that, right? This whole yeah. dock that they're promoting and stuff. Yeah, I think it is possible. You know, the great thing about Android is there's so many people in an ecosystem that a lot of times there's a solution out there. I, I watch a lot of times, you know, I'm kind of a lurker in some of these Android uh, Discord servers, like the 351elec- or 351Droid or 351 one. And I watch the developers, including Thor, kind of work through this stuff. And it's so amazing to me when they sit there and go, oh, here's the solution, and they paste a link because somebody did it like five years ago, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I think that that, gives a lot of potential uh, in that people don't have to create things from scratch. And when you have more people uh, concentrated on a problem, even if it's not directly for that specific handheld, the fact that there's a solution out there on the interwebs is kind of cool, you know? And so I do think, yes, that it is a viable option.
1: I will say, uh, especially from personal experience, that the biggest gate on Android handhelds and things like that right now are the developers themselves not releasing... Kernel source and things like that, so we can load custom firmware on it.
2: Yeah, yeah, because if that.
1: if you want to get the community involved and get people passionate, uh, then release some source code for us, so we can make your device better. You know,
0: yeah, love yep. it. Uh, Russ, what's your? Uh, this is from Rebirth R I I Birth. What's your second favorite handheld? They know that you love the RG three fifty one P as your first, but what would be your second if the RG three fifty one P just stopped working and you? you know, need something to play. So
2: <laughs> my second favorite handheld is now the RG three fifty one P. You just buy another one. <laughs> so no 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 I'm not even that. I'm saying that the RGB ten Max is now my favorite.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like oh. it's so the three fifty one P is now my second favorite handheld. So the the RGB ten Max, I'm I've fallen in love with that damn thing. Uh you just, just the lady, screen. Johnny. Yeah, it's got lineage. It's got, you know, Retro Oz is beautiful. I've I've been planning on doing a, like an ode to Retro Oz video at some point. Mm. Uh the, the issue is that they they host all their files on like uh a, a Odroid like server, you know, like on a um, discussion forum. Right. And I want him to move over to GitHub so we can kind of just streamline the whole process for people to install and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, And he's planning on it, you know, and so I think once that happens, I'm just going to blow that wide open and be like, listen, yeah. this thing is super cool, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I do actually like that a lot better. It's just easing out of the 351p at this point. It just has a lot of things I love about it. After right. that, then it's going to be the RGB 10 non-max, like that one is, is up there as well. Now, to be fair, though, I don't count the Vita in like that kind of hierarchy, right? Like to me, the Vita right. is a separate console, um, and I love that as equally as any of these other handhelds. You know, I really love that experience. I have three Vitas at this point. I've spent like six hundred dollars on Vitas in the past years. It's ridiculous, but I love it. So, <laughs> well, good. Did
1: um, you do you have an upcoming video for the the screen fix for the the Ten Max?
0: I that that's part of the button swap. Yeah, it's in oh the okay, box. right? Yep. That'll be, that'll be good. Uh, watch out for that. And Russ, you might have talked me into getting an orange creamsicle RGB 10 Max <laughs> now. I love my RGB 10 Max, and I want a second yeah. one. So, yeah.
2: Well, you could always just, you know, now on the Pow Kitty Shenzhen store, they actually sell the orange uh, case as well as the white oh. button. So if you wanted to just swap uh-huh. it all
0: out and use your same PCB, it'd only be 35 bucks. Well, there you go. Maybe I'll do that. I'll just pick whatever shell I want for the week and be like, okay, this is my shell. Yeah. I'm a creamsicle week or I'm going to be a, uh, a uh, dark week. So right. moving on. To, you can swap those SDs around at any time, man. Except I don't That's dare true. open these consoles anymore. I keep snapping things and breaking things. I just, I just mail them to Thor. I have a grape RP2 yeah. I'm mailing to Thor tomorrow uh, because I just, I'm not going to open it. So uh, I'm scared and I'm terrible at electronics and my hands are huge. So sussy, sappy, snappy. Sussy, sappy, nappy. can't say that ten times fast. Sussy Sappy Nappy wants to know: With PlayStation emulators on these handhelds, what is the craziest glitch you've ever run into, and what game was it on, if you can remember?
2: Um, I don't think I've ever experienced like a crazy glitch, to be honest. Yeah. Like you know, I know that there are certain games like Suiken and I'm saying that wrong, but Suikoden, and whatever that game is too. I know that has glitches at certain parts in the game. I will never get far enough in that game to actually get that far, you know. So yeah. I'm not really sure. I don't think I've ever actually experienced weird glitches. I will say that often, uh, I, I, in the very beginning of things, I used to be really dumb, and I would grab my ROMs from the ones that were preloaded on SD cards. I'm like, oh, they got Mario World. I'll just grab yeah. it from that one. <laughs> right? But they've got like a Mario World <laughs> jumps and stuff, and it took me forever to figure out that that was happening, and I was like, what is so weird about this game? You know? And yeah. so I see glitchy games like that, which I think are just ROM hacks that they're loading up on the Chinese side. Um, but I haven't actually experienced any on the PS one that I can think of.
0: Yeah, I mean I've definitely run into some issues on PS1 emulators. Duckstation is not ready for prime time yet in my experience. I keep wanting mm-hmm. to yeah. use it because it's sixty four bit, but it just glitches out on half the games I throw at it, so I'm still doing the what is it, the uh, PCX rearmed core. Yeah. Yep. It's Me it's too. just yep. tried and true. I always
1: expect glitches within sixty four when testing. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah,
2: texture do. stuff. Yeah, paper Mario is just always weird looking.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. So that was their question. Thank you. Thank you, guys, so much for these questions. By the way, this is you guys have really come up with some good ones for us here. So we're almost out of time, but a couple left. So Mud Maniac wants to know they're curious how to hack their Vita. It's been a hundred percent virgin original Vita with all the things they bought from the store. Do you think it's still worth hacking? Uh, if they're happy with it, I suppose as is.
2: Yeah, so it really depends on how much content you already have on it, right? Like um yeah. if you've already got it loaded with all all your stuff then go for it, you know. I I the thing is there's a new version of hacking or new method for hacking called Vita deploy and it's been out for a few months now and it's it's really good. And I have not done a video on it yet. I have the old method on my YouTube channel, but I haven't done the new one.
0: Mm-hmm. And I really
2: bought a new like my third
0: Oh, we lost Russ at the same time. There you're back
2: now. Okay. So so I was saying that I I have a white uh, PS Vita now, and I plan on using Vita Deploy on that. And uh, I'll make a video of that. And I would say... Maybe hold off, because there are people who have found issues with the old method, things like uh, the device still trying to connect to to update and things like that. And there are fixes to it, but it is kind of a pain. So maybe wait a month and, and give me time to make the new one. If you've waited this long, you know, you've know you had it since 2012 or whatever, what's another month, right? And right. so you wait for the V to deploy, or just Google that and do the written instruction, which is also really good. Um, I think it's worth it. I, I love yep. the ability to just not have to swap out cards or anything else like that and to use an sd card with my device i really love that part
0: i gotta do that for my vita too i gotta decide if i want to if i want to hack it i think it's worth the time um so moving on to our last two questions capio 13 again uh this time they want to know have you had your eye on any og xbox emulators that work well or seem promising at all have you heard of anything like that russ i haven't to be honest uh
2: yeah i think that takes a lot more horsepower i yeah. mean i don't even have them loaded on my pc because it just seems like a little bit much to yeah. be honest there's not a ton of xbox games that i really want to play like i don't know i can stream master chief collection and play halo one and two like on right. my device through streaming and so uh, maybe jade empire i'd love to play that again you know but yeah there's not a ton in that library that it really excites me unfortunately
0: and through Xbox's uh, backwards compatibility, you can kind of, you can kind of play all those old games on your right. newer newer gen console.
2: Yeah, I think Indigo Prophecy still works on my Xbox One. You know, that was one of my favorite OG Xbox games. Like hell yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a good game. Yeah, it's super good. Last question of the night, sussy sappy nappy again. What is your favorite ROM hack? Oh man, I haven't played any ROM hacks. I did the d-pad hacks for like the
2: spirit tracks and the other zelda game phantom hourglass i did like a d-pad hack for those i haven't done anything else really you know um i just haven't gotten into that world i always think well when i get time i'm gonna sit down and kind of do that stuff but i I just never have unfortunately so
0: yeah and in the last last hail mary moment opus wants to know wondering how many videos have you had nintendo claim for showing nintendo gameplay a legal question for you (laughs) yeah good zero so i've had zero copyright strikes
2: none of that stuff and i think a lot of it is because i talk over when i'm playing and so it doesn't hit like the whatever bots they're using to scrape the content and stuff like that it never gets hit and because i'm always talking over the games and stuff a lot of people will mute the game audio and stuff like that i don't do any of that stuff i make it pretty quiet just to make sure there's no conflict in the audio and stuff yeah but when it comes down to it i've had zero strikes and uh, i'm pretty proud of that so it's pretty cool (laughs) And you want to keep it that way. Yes, <laughs> please. I mean, I've got I've gotten hacked a couple times, but no strikes.
0: <laughs> Yay. Well, let's, yeah, let's keep it that way. Um, well, thank yeah. you, Russ, so much for being on with us tonight. This was a lot of fun. We should do more of these, man. This was We should. I like this. Yeah, this is uh, super fun. I loved it. And for anyone there who hasn't seen Russ's videos, find him on YouTube. Uh, just look up Retro Game Core, all one word, R E T R O G A M E C O R P S. Uh, It's at the top of this live stream channel if you want to uh, find it. We have had Russ on now for this is our third time and we love having him on and we hope to do many more together. So Thor, do you have any parting words?
1: Uh, Just want to throw that out there. Thank you everybody for joining in with us. Russ, thank you so much for being here, bud. I had a really good time. I hope you did too. Uh, And uh, make sure to... Uh, join the channel or join the the server if you haven't already. If you're just hitting up links, uh, and yeah, of course, check out Ret- Retro Game Core.
0: And thanks,
2: so- guys. Yeah, I had a ton of fun. I really appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Anytime, let's uh, let's let's do a billion more. And if you guys like podcasts, we also will be uploading this to our our regular podcast, which is brbgaming.simplecast.com. So that's where you're going to find this recording in a couple of days. Uh, As well as all of our previous episodes and more stuff with Russ. So, thank you again, and we will sign off for the night. Thank you, everybody.
2: Thanks, everyone. Night, everybody.